The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Hill knows that when we eat well, we live well. When we live well, we have rich, vibrant lives. By focusing our eating on properly prepared, nutrient-dense whole foods, Kelly Hill teaches us how easy eating well and living well can be. Now here's your host, Kelly Hill. Welcome to Eat Well to Live Well with me, your host, Kelly Hill. There was a comic strip a few years ago that showed 11 different characters, each with a specific dietary restriction including not eating gluten, not drinking milk, to not eating meat, to eating only meat that's free range. And you kind of get the idea. And I remember thinking, holy cow, this isn't really even a joke anymore for a person trying to accommodate all these different types of requests. It can certainly feel overwhelming. And in today's society, it seems like every family has at least someone with a specific dietary restriction. Luckily today, we're going to help you learn how to maneuver through the three biggest dairy dietary issues uh, right now. So first, we'll uh, visit with uh, Lisa Fleming from Do Go Dairy Free, then Amy Love from Real Food, Whole Food will discuss paleo options, and finally, Shauna Ahern from Gluten-Free Girl will join us. Each will help you understand what the dietary restriction means, how to make substitutions, and where to find additional recipes. It's going to be a fabulous show to make sure your holidays are just as fabulous as you are. So let's get right to it. One or more of your guests tell you they don't do dairy. No problem. Alisa Fleming's here to help you. Uh, Alisa is the founder of GoDairyFree.org, senior editor for Allergic Magazine, Allergic Living Magazine, and author of the best-selling dairy-free book, Go Dairy Free, the guide and cookbook for milk allergies, lactose intolerance, and casein-free living. Her new book is due out early 2014. Alisa is also a professional recipe creator and product ambassador for the natural food industry. Thank you for joining us today, Alisa. Thank you, Kelly. So when we hear someone say they're eating dairy-free, what does that mean? Um, well, that's something that a host should get clarification on. Um, for okay. the most part, that means that they're not eating any um, dairy products at all. Um, that includes cheese, milk, uh, yogurt, butter. Um, for some people, that's because they have a severe milk allergy, so people should be aware if that's the case. That means not even a trace of dairy at all. Um, if somebody doesn't eat dairy because they're lactose intolerant, then there might be some foods that are okay. So it's something a host should check with with their guests to find out exactly what dairy-free means to them. Okay, perfect. And so from a cooking perspective, how should we request more information then from the guests? I think the best way would be to say, you know, are are you strictly dairy-free? Do you eat any dairy at all? Or are you actually lactose-free? Or can you tolerate butter? Or is, is you know, dairy completely off limits for you? Okay. So there's, there's quite a few pieces of dairy, then we probably want to make sure. What do you think the most common dishes are that we need to consider 
when we're making foods, you know, that we can make easy switches for dairy-free guests? Um, well, I think one of the things is to really um, – the biggest trip up for a lot of people is they like to put cheese in, in or on everything, um, <laughs> especially when entertaining. It's an easy cheat, right? You know, you just throw some cheese on it. And um, so really trying to focus on – dishes that don't require cheese or where you can put the cheese on the side. Um, so just a Caesar salad. If um, Obviously, there's not a lot of Caesar dressings, but let's give that as an example. If you if you have a salad dressing that's dairy-free, and then you put the cheese on the Parmesan on the side so that guests can add it when they want it, but leaving that opportunity rather than throwing the cheese on the salad in advance. Oh, great idea. What, um, what do you suggest we substitute? So let's kind of break a few down. Somebody says uh, milk. What can we substitute for milk in cooking? For the most part, um, any milk alternative is going to work. You know, coconut milk beverage, almond milk, rice milk, soy milk, any of those. Um, the unsweetened varieties, though, always if you're cooking. Um, you know, you don't want to end up with a vanilla-flavored <laughs> um, gravy or something like that. You know, you want to keep it keep it um, unsweetened, and the richness will vary by what you use. Coconut milk beverage being the richest, and rice milk being the lightest. Okay. What about butter? If a favorite recipe calls for butter, what can I use? Um, an easy swap is really just to grab some uh, buttery spread or non-dairy margarine. I know people. Butter lovers, you know, don't want to be tainted, but, you know, the Earth Balanced Buttery Spread is pretty good, and it's a great alternative um, and comes in a lot of varieties and is pretty readily available. Okay, and I know that I've heard, and I have to be honest, I've only used this once, but um, I've heard people tell me that you can use things like avocados or um, applesauce in place of dairy. Does that work in baking? It does, um, kind of. Kind of, <laughs> okay. It requires definitely experimentation. I would say avocados and applesauce work better for replacing eggs than dairy. Um, uh, but, you know, for dairy, there are, there are a lot of great alternatives, including, like, canned coconut milk for cream, um, you know, a lot of natural alternatives. Um, uh, cashews, ground cashews make an incredible cream when added to water. Um, but when you start to – the only reason I recommend the store-bought ones is if a host is really new to this, the store-bought ones are readily available. You can just run to the store and grab it without having to think. Otherwise, you know, you're, you're creating a recipe and experimenting a bit if you don't have an already dairy-free recipe. And so where can listeners find recipes that, that are dairy-free? Um, there's several blogs out there. I mean, I, I've got, I think, 1,500 of them on my website on Go Dairy Free as well as in books. Um, and, you know, we cover all the making the homemade dairy substitutes and that sort of thing. It's a pretty big category because there's a lot of dairy in our society. Yes. Yeah. If you're just joining us today on Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill, we're discussing how to entertain guests with dietary restrictions. Currently, we're talking to Elisa Fleming, founder of GoDairyFree.org and author of the best-selling dairy-free book, Go Dairy Free, the guide and cookbook for milk allergies, lactose intolerance, and casein-free living. Remember, you can hear the show anywhere by downloading the free MP3 for iTunes or listen on my website, therightnutritionplan.com. So what about if, what other dairy foods do we need to look out for in a recipe? If we have these, you know, family favorite recipes we want to use, what do we need to, to look for and consider when we're dealing with a person that needs to be dairy-free? Well, I'm going to address the trickiest one, which is um, non-dairy um, whipped cream and non-dairy creamers. Um, by federal regulation, the term non-dairy can actually contain up to half a percent of 
milk protein in it. Oh, my goodness. So the term, and, and that's per- particularly problematic for somebody who is actually allergic to milk. So the term non-dairy specifically, this does not go to the term dairy-free, but the term non-dairy specifically should be taken with a grain of salt in just about any non-dairy creamer or non-dairy whipped topping product on the market does have a small amount of dairy in it. And I know a lot of, you know, traditional recipes use those, you know, fold in the non-dairy whipped topping and, and use the creamer. So that's, that's the one I would warn against in terms of thinking your recipe is completely dairy-free when it might not be. Oh, great one. So if we're going to go buy products, what should we be looking for then? Because obviously I'm now finding out non-dairy isn't an okay option. Um, what, what should we be looking for? Um, well, the, you know, the labeling now they do have um, where they have to somehow disclose um, milk on the, um, al- as an allergen um, on the label if it is in one of the ingredients. So that's something to look for right away. Then it's always good to double-check the ingredients because that labeling is still honorary. So it's possible for a company to mess up and not, you know, put butter, for example, and make it obvious that it contains dairy. Um, you know, you want to look for the basics, butter, cream, milk, cheese, and their various names that they may come under. Um, casein, which is spelled C-A-S-E-I-N, which is milk protein, and it, that shows up in many forms and in ingredient labels. Yeah. And does your website have um, some uh, a page or something people can go to that will explain some of these words that you know, aren't as familiar to us as milk? Yeah, I do have a dairy ingredient list on the website. What I recommend people do to get to that is actually if they go to the website and they, they go to the information overload tab and there's a there's a right below that there's a page called Newbie Start Here and that page has a link up to the dairy ingredient list and you know the the first things to start with. Perfect. Okay. So everybody's got that. You're gonna go to godairyfree.org, look on the over over Overload tab, I can't even say it, at Newbies Start Here. That's going to be your, your dairy ingredient list if you're trying to make sure that your guest uh, foods are all dairy-free. Are, are there any – we're coming up, obviously, to some major holidays. Are there any hidden dangers in the foods that we're preparing, like if we're purchasing, say, gravy mix or salad dressing or pies? Um, it, it, is, is there something that's going to jump out at us or that we should – you know? because no, I don't think people think about some of these foods as even possibly having dairy in them, like a gravy mix or something. Right, which they most of them do. Most brands do have uh, dairy in them, and that's the problem. It could be in any format. It could be milk. It could be cream. It could be butter. It could actually just be a, deriv- a derivative of it, like sodium caseinate or something like that. It's very um, hidden in a lot of ways. I mean, pumpkin pie is typically made with whipped topping, cream, or, or milk. Um, so these things are often better to make make at home, though there are some, some brands on the market that are specifically dairy-free. They're typically sold, you know, in your Whole Foods or your natural food store. Okay, so definitely things to look for. Do we need to consider providing, like, separate utensils for dairy-free guests? Um, that's something I would ask each guest, each guest. That goes back to what I spoke to before, okay. which was about if, it, how severe they, the cases they're dealing with. If they have a severe milk allergy, then I would even involve them in, in the planning process and see if they feel more comfortable bringing something themselves. Um, if it's less of an issue, you can ask them, you know, do you, do you worry about cross-contamination? That's usually the question I would ask. Okay, that's a good word for everybody to remember, cross contamination. Are there any dishes that you would recommend that kind of accommodate everybody that, that 
that you use in your holiday celebrations? Oh, goodness. I have to admit, I like to get a little inventive, so I can't say I use the traditional one. You know, I'll make stuffed mushrooms that have that that uh, use a blend of cashews instead of cheese or, um, you know, um, cheeseless pizzas and things like that. So I don't really go with tradition um, because there there are so few traditional dishes that don't contain dairy. Um, but little little twists or even just trying and omitting something, a lot of times yields just as delicious of a dish. And, um, you know, when you omit cheese, often all you really need is a little extra salt. Oh, there you go. So so I want to make sure that, that we, uh, as we get toward the end of this segment that we remind everybody the, the big pieces we're going to walk away with today is to talk to the guests, even possibly ask them to bring their own dish, try some great recipes before the day that you're making them. And you can find the dairy ingredients list at your website, uh, godairyfree.org, uh, where you also have the information for, you said, 1,500 possible recipes that people can use. Um, is there anything else that I, I forgot that we want to make sure people remember? Um, to uh, check with their guests, read those ingredient statements, because they can be sneaky, and that non-dairy does not always mean dairy-free. Perfect. Um, so we've been getting really great dairy-free information from Elisa Fleming, founder of GoDairyFree.org and author of the best-selling dairy-free book, Go Dairy-Free, the guide and cookbook for milk allergies, lactose intolerance, and casein-free living. Learn more about dairy-free cooking, pick up her dairy-free guide and cookbook, and find out more recipes right here at GoDairyFree.org. Uh, thank you, Elisa, for helping us learn how to accommodate any dairy-free guest today. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, feel free to connect with me on Twitter or Facebook at The Right Plan or email me at eatwelltolivewell at The Right Plan. Don't forget that you can take me with you wherever you're headed by downloading the free MP3 from iTunes or listening on my website, therightnutritionplan.com. Coming up next is Amy Love from Real Food Whole, Food Whole Health to help you better understand how to entertain guests that have chosen a paleo diet. We'll be right back. You're listening to Eat Well to Live Well with me, your host, Kelly Hill. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus Drug Discount Card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies, but 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Start saving today. Print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word TALK RADIO to 96362. Want energy all day? Ready to lose fat without feeling deprived? Tired of complicated weight loss programs? Wish there was a way to lose weight without processed and unnatural food? It's time to jumpstart your metabolism in a healthy way, the Kelly Hill way. This easy-to-follow two-week fat loss program has a 100% success rate to date. It creates and maintains overall health while reducing fat. You'll have more energy, think clearer, feel better, and have lost fat. All while following the two-week menu plan of simple recipes that use real, natural food and include healthy tips for every meal. The two-week fat loss program is a clear, easy-to-follow plan that will help anyone get back on the road to optimal health. Order the Right Plan Nutritional Counseling two-week fat loss program today at therightnutritionplan.com book. Cleanse and detoxify your body. 28 Days to Better Health. Using nutrient-dense whole foods is the hot new book written by Kelly Hill. 
We're inundated daily with toxic compounds in our food, water, air, even our own metabolic process. In this new book, Kelly leads us on that 28-day journey to better health using real, natural food. Experience with over 60 recipes to choose from. This is a cleanse that won't leave you bored. And while your taste buds are happy, you'll benefit from increased energy levels, an improved digestive system, a decrease in food sensitivities and cravings, minimizing aches, pains, and allergies. Begin your 28-day journey to better health and nutrition today by ordering your copy of Cleanse and Detoxify Your Body at therightnutritionplan.com slash book. Everything has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose and the right plan. Rightplannutrition.com slash book. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for the keywords World Talk Radio. Once you're a part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the World Talk Radio network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for World Talk Radio. You're listening to Eat Well to Live Well with your host, Kelly Hill. If you have a question for Kelly, you can email her at eatwelltolivewell at therightnutritionplan.com. Now let's get back to Kelly Hill. Welcome back as we continue at Eat Well to Live Well. I'm your host, Kelly Hill. Today we've been talking about how to entertain guests with dietary restrictions. Elisa Fleming from GoDairyFree.org just helped us learn what to do for our dairy-free guests. But another very common diet right now is paleo. Again, not a problem. We have Amy Love from realfoodwholehealth.com here to help. Amy is a certified nutritional therapy practitioner, a certified GAPS practitioner, having trained directly with Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride, which is a big deal to me. So, anyway, and the owner of Real Food Whole Health, an online resource for real food nutrition information, gluten-free recipes, online classes, and nutritional therapy consultation for the whole family. You can find all her information at realfoodwholehealth.com. Thank you for joining us today, Amy. Thanks so much for having me, Kelly. I'm happy to be here. Oh, thank you. So when we hear someone say that they're on the paleo diet, what does that really mean? Well, first and foremost, it means that they're limiting their intake of packaged and processed food. So the common heat-and-eat appetizers that are so popular at holiday parties are really not an option here. It's best to um, understand that these folks are limiting their intake of grains, starches, and sugars, and they may even be dairy-free, which I know Alyssa gave us some great tips for. Okay, so um, so they can be dairy-free. It, it can, can be. Yeah, it can be gluten-free. Mm-hmm. but. It, not necessarily. Yeah, they pretty much are all gluten-free. Okay. Um, yeah, grain-free, a lot of starches, like some paleo dieters will do some potatoes. Um, but if you have people that kind of fall under the umbrella of paleo, like, you know, if they're on the GAPS diet or uh, another kind of healing diet, they might not do a lot of potatoes and starches. So, um, And most everybody is off sugar, especially refined sugar, Some may do a little maple, some may do a little honey, but I find that it's best to kind of focus on rather than the confusing list of this diet and that diet, which will really vary by the person, is to sort of think about what they can eat. And if we're talking about meats and vegetables, that's kind of across the board going to work for everybody in this category. 
Well, perfect. And, and a few episodes ago, we talked about sugar and how to start making those switch from mm-hmm. white sugar. So that, again, go back to those recipes. Uh, I think that was the rightnutritionplan.com slash sugar, and it gives you all those substitutions. Get that white sugar out. Don't care what diet you're on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, great episode. Yeah, wonderful. So we definitely um, need to, again, sounds like ask for some more information from guests. Yes, I definitely encourage speaking with them. Um, you know, I mean, for the party host, don't be shy at all. Um, you know, for talking with your guests, ask them what will work for them. You know, ask them to bring something. A lot of people are happy to bring something from home. If you're doing more of a formal event, you know, a, a plated sit-down dinner and that won't really work, that's fine. Um, they may have a recipe to share with you. Um you know, party goers don't be afraid to talk to your host because yeah. um, they really want to accommodate you and make it work. And, and nobody wants anybody to feel left out or stressed. Or So get all that out of the way before the party. Um, and, you know, there's tons of resources out there to help help people find recipes and things like that. So, so what, are you, what do you think are some of the most common dishes that we need to, to really consider either avoiding or, or if there is a ch- switch, uh, something to switch when we talk about people that are under the umbrella of a, of a paleo diet? You know, it's as it was like Alyssa was saying with dairy-free. It's kind of in everything, these grains, these starches, and certainly the really easy go-to, you know, pop it in the microwave and serve it. That's going to have a long list of ingredients, and there's just no telling what's hanging out in there. So I always encourage people to stick with real food. Um, in this case, you know, going with meats and vegetables, choosing organic when possible. If you can do grass-fed or wild-caught or pasture-raised for your meat, that's awesome. At a minimum, I'd say try to aim for, you know, antibiotic and hormone-free meats mm-hmm. without additives and preservatives. I definitely encourage reading labels. Um, you want to look for anything that, you know, maybe has stuff that you wouldn't use in your home kitchen. That's probably not something that you want to buy. If your great-great-grandmother wouldn't recognize it as food, it probably doesn't belong on the table. Um, and as far as switches, there's some really easy things that, again, it doesn't have to be a whole separate, you know, table for your um, your dieting guests. You can incorporate small changes to the meal. Um, if you're going to serve a salad, skip the croutons, skip that bottled dressing, put some real olive oil out, some lemon juice or balsamic vinegar. You know, if you're going to have guacamole um, along with those chips, put out some, you know, red bell pepper strips, carrot sticks, mm. zucchini, cucumber, any of that stuff goes, and that way people have something else to dip. Um, boiled shrimp, smoked salmon, you know, roast beef, any of those kind of things that you would normally see at many parties can work for guests on the paleo diet. Oh, perfect. Um, so what if we have a favorite recipe that calls for a grain? Is there anything that we can use? There is, um, and some of it will work for every recipe. Some will only work for certain recipes, and some will work for, you know, your guests, and some will not. So, again, I do encourage speaking with your guests. Um, definitely use the Internet. So Google, Pinterest, it's all your friends. You can look up, 
you know, if you have a gravy mix, I heard you talk about gravy before. If you have a gravy mix that you want to make or a recipe that you normally make, um, you know, just Google that. Look for paleo gravy or GAPS diet gravy and see what people are making. A lot of times you can use arrowroot. You can use um, tapioca starch. Those won't work for somebody on a GAPS diet, but somebody on a paleo diet, that could work. There are grain-free um, flours like almond meal or coconut flour. There's definitely recipes out there, you know, for chocolate chip cookies, if that's something that you always make at the holidays. You can make those with almond meal or coconut flour, and that will work for a lot of people. I love my coconut flour. <laughs> Me too. If you're just joining us today on Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill, we're discussing how to entertain guests with dietary restrictions. Currently, we're talking to Amy Love from realfoodwholehealth.com about the paleo and GAPS diet. If you missed any part of the show, download the free MP3 from iTunes or listen on my website, therightnutritionplan.com. Of course, you can learn more about using nutrient-dense whole foods for all of your guests at realfoodwholefood.com. So, in fact, I just posted a coconut recipe this morning for uh, coconut pancakes. Um, mm. So there are some great substitutions out oh, there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're my husband and I are both gluten-free. We're pretty much grain-free all the time. We do rice here and there and things like that. Hello. But as far as our baked goods, everything is um, grain-free. We use almond flour and coconut flour. Exclusively. And most of our um, our guests, our family and friends, they can never tell a difference. Perfect. Yeah, no, I don't tell my son. He swears mm-hmm. he doesn't like coconut. He eats it almost every day. <laughs> we just don't tell him. Exactly. Very, yeah. It's good food. Yeah. <laughs> so are there, are there any other foods we really need to look out for in recipes? It's really about reading those labels. You just, you know, any grain foods, those with flowers, corn, if it's really starchy, it has beans, those kind of things aren't going to work. I say focus on the meats, the vegetables, you know, make those, um, those really common switches, you know, put out, um, put out some nuts. You know, you can definitely do macadamia nuts are great at the holidays, and that works for just about any real food diet. Um, if you've got somebody that's off of um, refined sugar, put out a bowl of clementines or mandarins. Those are great at the holidays. Um, And that will give somebody a sweet treat, but they can, you know, keep within their dietary restrictions. Um, I also recommend for if you're going to have a drink table to add in some sparkling mineral water and have some wedges of fresh lemon or lime or maybe even some mint because if they're not indulging in alcohol, they may want something that's a little fancier than plain water or even if they are going to make a drink a lot of... um, um, tonic actually has high fructose corn syrup in it, which I didn't know for the longest time. And uh, and the diet tonic, unfortunately, has um, uh, aspartame. Yeah, uh, artificial sweeteners. Isn't so, that crazy? Yeah, you're out of luck on that one. So we use um, sparkling mineral water. If you're going to do like a vodka tonic, you can use sparkling mineral water, and it's fabulous. So that's definitely some really easy switches that you can have for your guests. And, and that's a great one because I do want to mention that one of the things that I, I attend a lot of events where people are drinking wine, and, mm-hmm. and it's not that I don't drink wine. I just don't do it very often. And so I always walk around with a wine glass with sparkling um, water in it mm-hmm. and a splash of, like, pomegranate or, or cranberry juice. Everybody exactly. thinks I'm drinking a blush. Nobody knows. Nobody right. else. And, um, you know, it's very minimal sugar. So there's lots of options like that to be a little tricky. 
Exactly. And that way you feel really included. Like as a hostess, you feel like your guests are included. Nobody feels singled out as a guest. You feel like you've got something and, and it's not a stressful, you know, you have to talk about and explain yourself to everybody. You can just go and hang out, relax and have a good time and not ruin your health at the same time. So it doesn't sound like we probably need to provide separate utensils for these guests. Not usually. I mean, obviously, if somebody's dealing with a big food allergy, dairy, gluten, you know, nut allergy, something like that, you may visit with them and just see if that's an issue. But across the board, I would say that's really not necessary. So where do you recommend listeners find more recipes? Well, I do think that Google is your friend. Okay. (laughs) Um, uh, but obviously there's um, Pinterest as well. It's sort of a visual um, search engine. You can go in and kind of actually see the recipes that are available. I'm having a lot of fun on Pinterest right now. Um, and we also have a ton of, of uh, recipes on our website at realfoodwholehealth.com. They're all gluten-free. Many are grain-free, um, optimized for paleo diets, GAPS diets, and just all-around real food diets. Oh, love real food, whole health. It's fabulous. Um, <laughs> you can't so, say it any more than that, right? No, real it's, food, it's whole health. <laughs> Learn more about these special diets and the. I noticed you also have great online classes, including digestive wellness with the GAPS diet, mm-hmm. paleo, healthy weight loss and with real foods, natural fertility, and healthy families. Uh, mm-hmm. So visit the real food, whole food. I'll put, see, now I get talking, I forget. <laughs> Realfoodwholehealth.com. Yes. Thank you, Amy, for helping us learn how to accommodate our paleo guests. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thank you. Coming up next is Shauna James Ahern, the gluten-free girl, to help you better understand how to entertain gluten-free guests. Connect with me at therightnutritionplan.com. You're listening to Eat Well to Live Well with me, your host, Kelly Hill. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Better than an apple a day? An online membership to the right plan. With an on-the-go lifestyle, it can be hard to make our nutrition a priority. Kelly Hill was there. That's why the Right Plan Nutrition online membership was formed. Over the years, Kelly's worked on solutions that can make health and nutrition decisions easier, saving time and money. Find hundreds of fun, fast, exciting, healthy recipes for the family that everyone will love. A new recipe with video tutorial each month so you fully understand how to make what are sure to become your family's favorite foods. Great research on biased articles on nutrition, encouragement through the success stories of others, weekly support emails to help you continue reaching your goals, and so much more. Membership has its benefits. And with the Right Play Nutrition Online membership, the benefit is more time to spend with a healthier you and healthier family. Become a member today at therightnutritionplan.com slash membership. Everything has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose and right plan. Rightnutritionplan.com. Not only can you learn about new and fascinating nutritional products at therightnutritionplan.com, but you can win them too. Every month, The Right Plan features a nutritional or innovative product like the ECO Lunchbox, pumpkin seed butter and pumpkin protein powder, fudge sauce from Wax Orchards, Zorba's handcrafted raw chocolates, coconut oil, and so much more. 
And every month, one lucky visitor will win the product to try themselves. It's easy to enter. Just visit therightnutritionplan.com slash giveaway. After you've entered the giveaway, check out some of Kelly's delicious recipes that not only will please your taste buds, but your waistline and health as well. At therightnutritionplan.com, you'll learn more about all the wonderful nutritious options that are available to you and your family. Remember, everything has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose and the right plan. Rightnutritionplan.com slash giveaway. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Eat Well to Live Well with your host, Kelly Hill. Have a question for Kelly? You can email her at eatwelltolivewell at therightnutritionplan.com. Now back to Kelly Hill. Welcome back as we continue at Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. I'm your host, Kelly Hill. Before the break, we were fortunate enough to hear from Elisa Fleming of GoDairyFree.org and how to cook for dairy-free guests and Amy Love from RealFoodWholeHealth.com about accommodating paleo guests. Now, one of the most common dietary restrictions can also be one of the most intimidating, gluten-free. Again, we've got you covered here at Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill because joining us is Shauna James Ahern. Shauna is the author of the cookbook Gluten-Free Girl and the Chef, one of my favorites, which was also named one of the best cookbooks of 2010 by the New York Times. She's also authored her food memoir, Gluten-Free Girl, plus is the author, photographer, and head baker at Gluten-Free Girl and the Chef and her wildly popular food blog, glutenfreegirl.com, which is also one of my favorite go-to sites. Uh, she has created with her chef husband, Daniel. So her work has also been published or recognized by the New York Times, Gourmet, Bon Appetit, Epicurious, Babel, The Guardian, Guilt Taste, CNN's Eatocracy, and The Washington Post. Wow. Thank you so much for joining us today, Shauna. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, I, it, it's just fabulous to hear you. And this is really, um, although it's not a new topic, it's right now a very hot topic. So when someone, when we hear our, our guests say, hey, I'm gluten-free, what does that really mean? Well, you know, generally it means, it can mean a number of things. This is the deal. Some of us, like me, have celiac, which means I can't even have a tiniest of pinch. And sometimes people will say, oh, come on, a little flour can't hurt you. And yes, it actually can. <laughs> yeah. Um, as celiac is an autoimmune disorder, and so my body attacks itself if I get any gluten by mistake. Even an eighth of a teaspoon is enough to make me sick for five days. Oh. So it's just not worth playing with it. Some people are gluten intolerant. Some people are just sort of trying a gluten-free diet, but I recommend that everyone assume that the people you're talking with are, are celiac and just do the best you can to make sure they don't get any gluten at all. Perfect. So from a cooking perspective, how should we ask for more information from our guests? Well, you know, the thing that I like to do as a guest, which very few hosts like to let me do, is I, I say, hey, come let me help. I'd love to help you cook dinner and take that onus off of you. I mean, a lot of people, my husband's a professional chef. I feel like very few people want to cook for us. <laughs> I think they're actually way more scared of cooking for the chef than for the celiac. But what I like to do is just go in and say, hey, can I help you? I'll bring a couple of dishes of my own that I know are gluten-free, but I can also make sure that the turkey is gluten-free and, you know, do all the things that we can. I think cooking is a communal experience. Um, and so hosts can 
offer, you know, say ask for help, first of all, uh, it's a lot easier for the person who is gluten-free to kind of work his or her way through a kitchen than someone having to learn it for the first time. Oh, absolutely. And, and I, so you mentioned turkey because there are hidden dangers in some of these foods that we wouldn't even think of. And, and gluten does get added to turkey a lot. So what should people be looking for on labels to guarantee that it's gluten-free? Well, you should just first of all get a turkey that just says turkey. <laughs> There's no reason for anything else to go in there. But unfortunately, some of the less expensive turkeys will have sort of a marinade or a baste or something that will oftentimes have flour in it because flour is very inexpensive. The um, you know typical bleached white wheat flour is inexpensive at least, and so they'll use it as a filler, as a plumper. You know, they'll they'll, they'll actually kind of put a um, flour piece sometimes in there to make the breast look nice and plump and juicy when they're not. Essentially, stay away from the knockoff cheap turkeys and get yourself a good one. Okay. So, of course, I have to just throw out here, then, from my perspective, we're looking for the grass-fed, pastured, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. you know, turkey that's been out roaming around doing its turkey thing. Exactly. Um, That's our perspective as well, because it's just going to taste the best. I think our taste buds are our best guide to our health. And when something tastes really extraordinary, it generally happens to coincide with, you know, it's local, it's in season, it's, you know, well-sourced, all of those things, they all go hand in hand. It's true. It's absolutely true. If you're just joining us today on Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill, we're discussing how to entertain guests with dietary restrictions. Currently, we're talking to the gluten-free girl herself and author of the best cookbook on the topic of gluten-free, Gluten-Free Girl and the Chef. Remember, you can, you can hear the show anywhere by downloading the free MP3 from iTunes or listen on my website, therightnutritionplan.com. So what are the most common dishes that we need to consider making a switch for our gluten-free guests? Well, you know, it really depends on the host. Some people might say, look, you know, again, can you bring this up? There are some wonderful folks out there who would say, well, I'm going to make the whole thing gluten-free for you. But these are the best friends ever. Um, yeah. And and so the, the dishes, you know, Thanksgiving is really the starchiest holiday of all. It's unbelievably starchy. We, uh, where else would we plan a meal that has, like, one protein, like turkey, and then we would have stuffing and mashed potatoes and, you know, like all of the sweet potatoes with stuff on top of them. It's all starch, starch, starch. So, yeah. A lot of it does have flour in it. Um, pie can certainly overwhelm people. The good news is that gluten-free pie crust is much easier to make than gluten crust, and I think much better for that reason. Um, we have a recipe for an apple pie, but the pie dough will work for any pie in our latest book, Gluten-Free Girl Every Day. And I've been told by a number of people now that they've been terrified to make pie, but they made that pie for their husbands or their wives, and they just thought it was the best thing that ever eaten. So um, it's not hard at all to make gluten-free pie. Okay, so tell me that recipe book one more time because that is not on my shelf. Oh, sorry. That's our latest cookbook. It's called Gluten-Free Girl Every Day, and it's meant to be an everyday cookbook for people who still like to cook even though their lives are busy. Oh, fabulous. So um, so I have to ask then, um, now when you talk about gluten-free pie crust, are you doing a mm-hmm. nut crust or are you mm-hmm. using alternative flours? We use alternative flours. We've been doing a lot of grain-free baking lately, so we actually have a um, Thanksgiving iPad app called Gluten-Free Thanksgiving Baking, and the latest update of it has grain-free flour mixes for you to use in in any of the recipes in there. Um, So we do use a lot of almond flour and starches, but we also love our AP mix, which is millet, sweet rice, and potato starch. And those three flours together make a really wonderful all-purpose flour. And that's one that you make yourself. This isn't like a Bob's yeah. gluten-free. 
No, we make our own flowers. We teach people on our website. There's a video we have on how to make your own flower mix. It's remarkably easy. You just take three bags of flour and you put them in a big container and you shake them up until they're one <laughs> until they're one color, and that's your flower. Hey, I can make my child do that. You get to shake exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's you know, cooking is so much easier than we think it is, and um, I love that we are having a, a, a constant conversation about food in this culture. But I think in some ways we've made it harder for people to cook because. You know, everything has to look good, and it all, you know, you've got all these food TV shows all about competition, and Pinterest is certainly lovely, but you get a little overwhelmed thinking, oh, my food has to look that beautiful. It doesn't. It just has to be food on the table. No, thank goodness. Mine never looks that pretty, but, um, you know, that's Mine doesn't okay. either. <laughs> no, that's not true. Now, I would take issue with that because you have some beautiful-looking food, and I always look thank at that you. and go, how did she get that picture? Because I never can get that picture, but, you know, the well, food tastes you know, good, and that's the most important part. The food tasting good and being some good, healthy foods and, and feeding your family, it's just it's so much more important than, it. you know, having all the right colored napkins color-coordinated with your tablecloth. Who cares? Show yeah, that's with, never happened. Um, your people and gather around the table and eat some good food together. Yeah, spend some time with your your family and friends. That's that's what it's all about. Exactly. And this is why whenever someone has their first gluten-free Thanksgiving, I'm a big, you know, make food from scratch person. There's no question about it. But I'm also comfortable in the kitchen. If you're new at it and you don't feel comfortable, buy yourself some some packaged gluten-free bread for the stuffing. You know, the best stuffing has stale bread, and that's easy-peasy for grocery store bread. <laughs> yes. <Yeah, laughs> well, great. let it sit so, out. Just a bit. Let it sit out and cut it up in cubes, toast it, and then it's the same as any other stuffing. You just need gluten-free bread. Perfect. Um, we have to take a short break. Uh, we've been talking to Shauna from glutenfreegirl.com. Feel free to connect with me on Twitter or Facebook at The Right Plan or email me at eatwelltolivewell at The Right Plan. Don't forget that you can take me with you wherever you're headed by downloading the free MP3 from iTunes or listening on my website, therightnutritionplan.com. We'll be back to give you some tips on how to adjust your cooking to accommodate these guests with gluten-free needs. Sign up to receive very similar nutrition tips weekly for free via email at therightnutritionplan.com. You're listening to Eat Well to Live Well with me, your host, Kelly Hill. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. What energy all day? Ready to lose fat without feeling deprived? Tired of complicated weight loss programs? Wish there was a way to lose weight without processed and unnatural food? It's time to jumpstart your metabolism in a healthy way, the Kelly Hill way. This easy-to-follow two-week fat loss program has a 100% success rate to date. It creates and maintains overall health while reducing fat. You'll have more energy, think clearer, feel better, and have lost fat. All while following the two-week menu plan of simple recipes that use real, natural food and include healthy tips for every meal. The two-week fat loss program is a clear, easy-to-follow plan that will help anyone get back on the road to optimal health. Order the Right Plan Nutritional Counseling two-week fat loss program today at therightnutritionplan.com slash book. Here is your opportunity to create a vibrant new you. Join international radio talk show host Kelly Hill and women's natural health coach Michelle Greenman at the Vibrant New You Retreat. This retreat will empower you to make the changes you've been searching for and help lay in the foundation for living the life you want to live, the vibrant you. 
Located at the beautiful Ashland Springs Resort in Ashland, Oregon, this retreat will help you create a vibrant life by first constructing your perfect plan and setting your vision and creating accountability for yourself. Kelly and Michelle will help you conquer negative self-talk, find positive motivation, and teach you how to create more vibrancy in your life. The Lithia Ashland Springs Resort offers its guests free breakfast each morning, natural mineral waters with soaking tubs, and so much more. For more information about the Vibrant New You Retreat, visit therightnutritionplan.com slash retreat. This wonderful opportunity is only offered to a limited number of people. So visit therightnutritionplan.com slash retreat to reserve your seat today. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You're tuned in to Eat Well to Live Well with your host, Kelly Hill. You can connect with the show by emailing Kelly at eatwelltolivewell at therightnutritionplan.com. Follow Kelly on Twitter at The Right Plan. Now back to Kelly Hill. Welcome back as we continue at Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. I'm your host, Kelly Hill. Today we've been talking about how to entertain guests with dietary restrictions, including dairy-free, paleo, and gluten-free. Next week, we'll answer the question, is soy really healthy? To help us understand, the answer will be Dr. Kayla Daniel, who you may have seen on shows such as Discovery Channel's Medical Hot Seat, PBS, and The Dr. Oz Show. Now let's get back to entertaining our gluten-free guests with the help of Shauna from GlutenFreeGirl.com and author of the fantastic cookbook, Gluten-Free Girl and the Chef, and the new one that I must get right away, Gluten-Free Girl Every Day. (laughs) Thank you very much. So you mentioned real quick, and you said it just like in quick passing, so I want to come back to it uh, because I saw that you have a new phone app. Tell me a little more about this. Yeah, it's an iPad app, actually, and it is um, gluten-free Thanksgiving baking. So everything you need to do to bake everything for, for the Thanksgiving meal, um, it's, it runs through all the different flours, what their properties are and how you can use them, how to bake by weight, because giving yourself a kitchen scale is one of a great present you can give yourself as a baker, and then recipes for white sandwich bread and the stuffing you make from it, cornbread and the dressing you make from it, apple cake, pumpkin pie, a vegan coconut pie for your vegan friends, um, and a, bu- a bunch of different other recipes. Wow, that's going to that's gonna be huge for people this year. And I hope so. And that's, um, you said, I, I said it's a phone app, but you said, no, it's an iPad app? iPad app. You know, and we have had a number of people say, well, but I don't have an iPad. So we're actually, by the end of this week, we're going to have uh, a downloadable PDF of it on our website as well. Well, the only person in my household that has an iPad is my son, so guess what? He's going to be letting me borrow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm glad to hear it. So if, if I have a favorite recipe, where can I find the information to know how to make some of these substitutions? Hmm. Well, we talk about this on our website. We actually have, on the left-hand sidebar, you'll see there's a little category called a guide to gluten-free baking, and we run through everything you really need to know. But the main thing is, is that you need to get a flour mix that you love. Um, you know, you could buy one or you can make your own. We have several on our website we suggest for people. And then you need to know that for every time you see one cup of bleached white all-purpose flour, typical gluten flour, in a recipe like your grandmother's recipe you love, you just substitute 140 grams of your gluten-free flour mix for that one cup. So and again, when you this do that, is where we need the we need a scale. Nobody can just a scale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you need a scale only. It's not just I have no problem with cups, but 
all the different gluten-free flours at our disposal all have different weights and densities. So something like teff flour, which is very, very fine, is far heavier than a cup of potato starch. But if you try to substitute one for the other, your recipe is going to turn out horribly. <laughs> one will be too heavy and one will be too light. So if you just use 140 grams of your gluten-free flour mix, for every one cup of AP mix in your traditional recipe, for the most part, it'll work out just great. Well, and I think this is one of those spots where people, this is why it becomes uh, a little overwhelming sometimes for people because there are all these different flours, and you're right, they have different properties, and I've certainly made, you know, the bread that ends up basically being a giant hockey puck when I'm right. <laughs> trying to practice biscuits that were used as football type of thing. Oh, right. Oh, yes. I, I will joke that you can use them and to hit the head of the intruder if he walks into your house. You're like, God, oh, take a bit of well, gluten-free bread. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. Um, but when done well, properly, the, it's... It's beautiful and fluffy and, and fabulous. Yep. And there are a lot of things you need to know. Like, if you are a baker before, you have to go gluten-free. It can be a little frustrating at first, but eventually you get the hang of it. But you kind of have to go a different way to get to the same results. So gluten-free bread, if it's going to work as a sandwich bread, for example, when you you don't have a dough that you need, it's not going to work that way. If you have it that dead, it's going to turn out horribly. But if you have the right ratio of fats, the flours, the liquids, et cetera, when you pour it into the baking pan, it actually is pouring like pancake batter. But if you have something like psyllium or chia or flaxseed in that batter, they'll soak up the moisture, and that will turn it into a kneadable bread by the end. So you can, you can get a great gluten-free loaf of bread as long as you're willing to let go of what you think it should look like. There you go. That's important to know. So um, mm-hmm. you also mentioned stuffing, and, and I have to be honest, I'm not a huge stuffing fan, but <laughs> it is one that I always make for other people for right. when we sit down to things like Thanksgiving. And right. so you said the, the, you know, this is an old standby for people, and they can still do it, just use the gluten-free bread. Is that right? Right. Absolutely. Okay. You know, stuffing is a bit chicken and turkey stock. It's celery. It's onion. It's sage. Some people do sausage. Some people do whatever. But essentially, it's kind of like a savory bread pudding. So all you need for that is a stale loaf of bread that will soak it up. In fact, you'll see uh, recipes for traditional stuffing with gluten bread saying, okay, well, leave your your bread out on the, the countertop for a couple of days so it gets a little bit stale. Well, we got that one beat. Gluten-free is most gluten-free grocery store bread is stale right from the get-go. Right. So yeah, it's perfect for stuffing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I have, to, I have to throw out that you have a recipe that is a gluten-free stuffing with sausage and green apples, which mm-hmm. is one of my family's all-time favorites. Oh, I just I'm haven't so ever glad. told anybody that it's gluten-free. I just... Oh, I love it. I love it. Thank you. So much. I love that recipe, too. You know, it's funny when it comes to Thanksgiving. My husband and I both are like, let's make a brand-new thing. Let's make a harvest dinner. Let's all invite everybody we have over and have them all bring their favorite dishes of all time. Heck with the turkey and the stuffing. But, you know, understandably, my family is like, no, no, no. We want the exact same meal. We've had the same way every year. Yeah. yeah. So, you got to um, do the, the fun stuff on a different day, I learned. Exactly. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. So are there other foods that we need to look out for in recipes when we talk about, you know, trying to make sure that we're keeping gluten out? Well, cornbread is, is mostly cornmeal, but it does traditionally have white flour in it as well. So people will say, well, it's cornbread. No, you definitely have to, to be using um, gluten-free flour to make it, but that's easy. Um, and you know, I'm going to throw out, it needs to be non-GMO corn. Absolutely. Please. Well, we actually only get our cornmeal or polenta from Italy because there's no genetically modified corn there. Um, and, again, it tastes better. They, they did making it long before we were. So, yeah. 
Um, it's good stuff there. Um, you know, it's 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 when people are first faced with being gluten free, they might not think of things like if you're making that. I don't I don't care for this stuff, but you know that green onion casserole. That, I mean, green bean casserole everyone makes with the French fried onions on top. I have had um, that once in my life, and and we actually uh, we did a, a how to deal with holiday issues. Uh, <laughs> A couple segments ago, and one of the questions somebody sent in was, "How do I make a healthy version of that?" So it was, it was. We've we've had this discussion on the show yes. already because we're trying to keep away from that one. Yes, I think everyone should keep away because it tastes awful. But you know, again, nostalgia. People want the same thing they've always had, so they may not think, "Well, the cream of mushroom soup has some flour in it, and those French fried onions, which I think are pretty awful, also have <laughs> flour in them." You know, so it's the hidden sources of. of flour and gluten that people are not thinking about. And then the other thing that people don't think about is that, um, and this can be awkward when you tell your host, they cannot use wooden cutting boards, wooden spoons, or wooden rolling pins that have been used for gluten because wood is the only surface that traps gluten no matter how much you clean it. So if, if Yeah, so if somebody makes the entire Thanksgiving dinner, dinner gluten-free but uses gluten, you know, wooden spoons to stir and uses the same old, you know, cutting board they've cut all their bread on, I'm going to get sick. Oh, well, now that's a new one. I had not heard that before about wood, so that's good to know. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty and easy to, to use plastic cutting boards instead, but you just need to let your host know in advance. Well, and... We need to consider definitely providing separate utensils for yes. gluten-free, correct? Yeah, and I would just make a gluten-free staging area if you're going to have a mixed dinner. Have one half of the kitchen be like a gluten-free area, and the other side of the kitchen is gluten. My first gluten-free Thanksgiving, my brother, who was wonderful, just didn't think, and he would lay my sausage casserole pan next to his sausage stuffing pan, and the spoon went back and forth between the two, and I got sick. So wow. you just have to be very clear of having a nice separate area. Are there any dishes that you would recommend that kind of accommodate everyone that the people don't then even have to think about it? Sure. I mean, if you focus on the protein, the turkey's always the turkey should be good if you get the right turkey. Um, gravy is super easy to make if you just use sweet rice flour instead of wheat flour. It actually makes a better gravy. So just buy a little bit of that, and everybody can eat the gravy. You don't have to make a separate one. Um, anything with sweet potatoes is my favorite part of the Thanksgiving meal because I'm crazy about sweet potatoes. So, um, you know, sweet potatoes and orange zest and uh, spices and smoked paprika and put them into the oven to roast. That's a fabulous meal. Um, and then, you know, maybe a little bit, if you have a family that's willing to play with tradition a little bit, bring in some uh, kale salad, bring in some, you know, vegetable dishes that maybe aren't uh, typical, but gosh, we could sure use more vegetables in that meal, couldn't we? <laughs> uh, well, it's, in my household, we have so many vegetables that other people come to our house and go, "Where's the, where's the things yes. with, mash- with marshmallows?" Yes. I'm like, "Yeah, exactly. we don't eat that. No, we don't do that." My my daughter's never had that one before. Uh, one one year we went to somebody else's house and my my youngest got to try it and and he actually because he was like six I think he actually asked the host he's like why did you put stuff in the the sweet potatoes and and they served one of those uh, fruit salads with oh yeah um whatever you know a cooler or something in it and yep. and he he looked at me he goes can't I just have an apple and a banana by itself and no i know well you know obviously he's been raised on good food because yeah. the fact is most americans have such an abominable sweet tooth because 
sugar is added to everything. I know you know this. I'm not saying anything new, but sugar is added to everything. Somebody sent us some gluten-free chips to sort of try to see if they want, we wanted to sponsor, and the third ingredient was sugar oh. in a chip, like a tortilla chip. What the heck? You know, so um, people have just become accustomed to a huge level of sweetness. When you finally cut it out, um, as I have, and just don't eat bleached white sugar anymore, everything tastes over sweet, but a sweet potato is incredibly sweet on its own. Yeah, oh, it's so wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. Well, we've been here with Shauna from GlutenFreeGirl.com, author of Gluten-Free Girl and the Chef Cookbook, and the new one I just found out about, Gluten-Free Girl Every Day, as well as her memoir, Gluten-Free Girl. Learn more about everything related to gluten-free at Shauna's site, GlutenFreeGirl.com. There you'll also find not only her fantastic books, but guides to gluten-free baking, amazing recipes, my husband swears by them, video uh-huh. references, and product suggestions. So thank you, Shauna, for helping us learn how to accommodate any gluten-free guests. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Now, Fab, fantastic information today. Remember, you can receive similar nutrition tips each week for free by signing up at therightnutritionplan.com. I want to thank all my guests today, Elisa Fleming from the founder of GoDairyFree.org, Amy Love from Real Food wholefood.com and Shauna Janes Ahern from glutenfreegirl.com. Be sure to visit their sites for more specifics so you can make your holidays fabulous for all your guests. Remember, if you missed any part of the show, download the MP3 at iTunes or listen on my website, therightnutritionplan.com. Next week, we'll have Dr. Kayla Daniel here to answer the question, is soy healthy? Because when you eat well, you live well. So join me every Monday at 2 p.m. for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. See you next week. Thank you for being a part of our show today. Live well to eat well with Kelly Hill. You can listen to the program live every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Everything you eat has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose and the right plan. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.